The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. We are spiritual beings having a human experience. Welcome to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa is for educational purposes only and is not intended to provide a physician-patient relationship, give diagnoses, prescribe treatment, or do psychotherapy. Please contact your healthcare provider to obtain treatment. Discover your body's natural ability to heal. Welcome to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Hello, hello. We are back. Today is going to be a great day because we're going to discuss being an intuitive warrior. Yep, that's somebody who fights for somebody else but is also anxious. Have you ever had your attention wander to someone else's life, worried they were going to get hurt, worried they were going to fail, and then your mind couldn't get off of it? Have you ever struggled to tell someone to be careful and you notice your heart was racing, you're short of breath and your stomach was upset only to get them aggravated because they didn't want to hear it? Have you ever found yourself fighting to save people, suffering from anxiety and worry, only to have your intuition unappreciated? Today is your day because we're going to discuss anxiety and intuition and the anxiety intuition continuum. In today's world, it's very common to have people suffer from, oh, I don't know, heart rhythm problems and weight and digestion and the dreaded IBS. And what do all these things have in common? A lot of them have in common is the connection to hormones, inflammation, adrenal gland, and intuition. And of course, worry and stress. Today's show is going to change your life because it's going to teach you how to use, how to understand that worry, anxiety, and intuition are connected. And at times they can trigger our health into warrior mode. That means fighting for other people to save them. And that's not always for your best benefit or theirs. We're taking your call, 816-251-3555 from within the United States or Canada. And remember, unityonlineradio.org is live, live every Wednesday from 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern. And you can get this show on your favorite podcast provider, as well as join the live show with a question every Wednesday, like now, at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern time. You know the type. Every family has one. The nervous Nelly. 
it seems like they're all they're always up in someone's business or are they is this you i remember in the old bewitched episodes notice bewitched there was someone next door mrs kravitz and she always kind of was wondering what was going on in samantha's house and then when she was always struggling to find out what was happening and she was worried She'd say, Frank, I have a sick headache. I have a sick headache. We suffer when we struggle, when we intuitively key in to the worries of someone else's life. And, you know, it's like that magazine, Mad Magazine. There's a guy named Alfred E. Newman on the cover. And he used to say, what? Me worry? It seems like worry or anxiety is not evenly distributed distributed among people. Some people have appropriate anxiety for their own life, and then they're intuitive and keyed into the anxiety of people near them. And those people sometimes are not keyed into what they should be nervous about. They're like Alfred E. Newman. What? Me worry? I'm not worried. They blithely plunge through life completely unaware, only do you have you watch either on earth or intuitively, then move forward and just miss catastrophe or keep making the mistake, same mistakes over and over again. So often that you intuitively get an advance notice when they're about to veer off. So when you get that notice, you go, hey, listen, I'm getting the sense that this thing is going to happen. I don't want to hear it because they don't want to hear it. If they wanted to hear it, they'd have gotten the intuition, the warning themselves. They would have gotten anxious. And then, of course, some people drink or have addiction because they medicate anxiety, their own anxiety. So the concern or worry gets visited on the next person. So people who medicate their anxiety, who have problems with addiction, become dependent on that addiction. And then of course, you run interference for them, worry for them, and then intuitively key in to know when they're about to mess up. So if they are dependent, you, your brain, and your mind is taken up, whether you like it or not, taken up by their life. So you become co-dependent. That's what they used to say in the 80s. They don't like to say that anymore because it's old-fashioned. P-melody, blah, blah, blah. The point of the matter is, if there's somebody in your family who moves forward blithely unaware of their life, Carefree, you're careful. They're careless. You are overly caring. You are intuitively hypervigilant when they are not vigilant at all. So you will be anxious. You'll worry. You will be intuitively, anxiety consumed with their life. And then you will try to fight for them and with them for their safety. And when that happens, your body gets tied into their life. You may feel 
your heart race when they're about to veer off that's your body letting them know you know they're about to go in the wrong direction you might feel that nameless nausea in your stomach that bad feeling and then you might start to get nervous jittery and get ibs you might notice your stomach sticking out and then the dreaded event happens whether they get hurt embarrassed they need help they don't study and they're incompetent or fail their health is threatened you just knew it or they're alone in the dark and not home with you you didn't they didn't listen when you anxiously intuitively tried to save them when you were their warrior and so when what you were terrified of happening actually happened then you feel guilty because you feel if there's something that you could have done anything done differently they wouldn't have got hurt you think that it was your fault and actually you might even apologize to them i am so sorry this happened i wish there was something i could have done if only i could have prevented this please forgive me i wish i could change this is there anything i could do anything more i could do you'll find yourself sacrificing trying to do more and more and more and more and they they might say it's all right but next time it happens you try harder you say more and more and more and that's fifth center and that's neck and thyroid and that's willfulness willfulness the neck the thyroid is the Achilles heel the weak spot of the anxious intuitive it's a person who thinks that they can actually change what they're worrying about you can actually fight and win wars for other people you can't you can't fight someone else's battle for them but you try because it's anxiety provoking to watch someone veer toward the accident it's like watching an accident about to happen it makes me anxious even thinking about it you have to watch this person go down the same road over and over again if only this time you could do something different to prevent them from getting harm so you feel that same feeling shortness of breath heart racing that anxious feeling the trembling the exhaustion then with your hands and wrists not being able feet legs not being able to get to sleep stay asleep not being able to focus as their life veers out of control you feel like you're losing control and then they call you a control fanatic you resolve to help them change but you can't you can only fight the battles in your life you can't repair the harms in their life or change them though you try warriors sacrifice themselves for the people they fight for soldiers fight in armies to save their countries you weren't drafted you signed up you can't someone else has to carry their own cortisol their own anxiety 
And if you continue to do this, they don't learn. You learn. You learn that you think that they have a higher power and you're acting like you're it. If you have faith in spirituality, which people tend to do when they're intuitive, I would ask you, do you have faith? Oh, my God, if I got faith, I'm a spiritual person. I am on a spiritual path. Are you? If you do and you feel you got a higher power, then you know everybody else does too. Then you have to understand that they have a higher power and it ain't you. There's a famous poet's phrase, took me a long time to understand. May Sarton, lady, nice lady, a little cranky. She used to say, I knew a phoenix, so let them have their day. That meant, like phoenixes, they rise out of the ashes after they've kind of like taken a little dive. You and I have made our mistakes big time, big time. And sometimes we learn the first, second, third, fourth. In neuropsychology, we call it how many trials did it take you to learn? Two, three, four, maybe you haven't yet. So you failed and you learned from it, maybe. You knew a phoenix, meaning you got to rise out of the ashes and eventually learn from some destructive ways. Sometimes that's the way you learn. Sometimes knowing that you're pulled out of the ashes, a failure, is sometimes the only way that you learn that you have a higher power. That there's someone there when you fail. And if the person you keep rescuing with your anxious, intuitive warrior starts to depend that you'll always be there, what happens when you're not to help them rise from the ashes? <sighs> you have to learn that they have a higher power and you ain't it. Get out of the way and learn a skill by dialectic behavioral therapy mindfulness called wise mind it teaches you in your right brain how to observe describe allow and handle your handle your phobia of feeling other people's pain learning how to intuitively emotionally and cognitively soothe your anxiety, watching someone else's distress that you once experienced, but also soothing your guilt when you see that someone else has to experience pain and there's nothing you can do about it. And three, handling the intuition of empathy, of feeling someone else's pain like getting the wrong mail, learning how to observe, describe, allow, and send back that message to the correct recipient. I'm Dr. Marlies, and we're talking about anxiety, intuition continuum, and the worry, the intuitive warrior. If you want to know more about the solutions to today's show, you want to go to Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa, Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa 1, or Twitter, Dr. Mona Lisa 2. If you're not going to be able to get on the line today and you want a reading, I suggest call, going to www.drmonalisa.com, www.drmonalisa.com for a one or two hour reading or call 207-846-6475. And remember, 
every Friday I have a live. It's either Facebook Live, 5 p.m. East Coast time, or this week it's Instagram Live, 5 p.m. East Coast time. So Instagram would be Dr. Mona Lisa 1, and that's this week, 5 p.m. And Facebook, which will be next week, is Dr. Mona Lisa. Once a year, in July, I have a seven-day class, 50 people. It's a certificate, a certificate program on how to heal mind, body, and spirit and learn medical intuition. It's a summer camp of sorts, and it's a seven-day class. It's on an estate in Yarmouth, Maine, and yes, it's COVID-safe. You have to get the test and everything else. So look into that, www.drmonalisa.com. Mona, Lisa, let, yes, like the painting, she copied me. We will go to line one. Kelly, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Hi, Dr. Mona Lisa. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I would like some guidance on my career, please. Okay. So the first thing I see, Kelly, how old are you? 55. I don't know how your career involved, but right now, I know that everybody is, but for a while, even before COVID, you felt distant, disconnected, aloof from people. You sat and you did your own work. And you're like those horses that you used to have in Central Park, where they have these blinders, where they only focus what's in front of them but you wouldn't exactly say they're networking as they're going around the park. Mm -hmm. It feels like you're very focused, but you do your own work, you get in and you get out. And that's not going to necessarily help you because other parts of your life feel, feel like you are alone in a field. And I don't see anybody else on that field to play with. Whether you're distant mm -hmm. from your family partners. And so if you don't get people in your life from first center family or second center mates, or if they're distant, you have to get them through work. But virtually isn't enough. They say that our health, if we have few daily contacts, our life is equivalent health-wise to being morbid, the risk factors of being morbidly obese and smoking 13 cigarettes a day. Mm, wow. So if anything, I know, isn't that awful? So anyway, mm -hmm. your work isn't just like, I want to know about my vocation. That's a loaded question for you. Because really okay. what it means is, am I getting vitamin P? People. <laughs> Which is what Barbara Streisand used to sing. People who, lead, people who need people are the luckiest people. And of course, she's socially phobic. So that's lovely. <laughs> so the point right. is, I know, isn't that ironic? Ironic. So my point is, it's not just about vocation for you. It's how mm -hmm. do I import people? Which means on some level, it's not just work at 55. It would be ultimately not just a vocation, but an avocation that gives you contact to people, which would not just strengthen your immune system, which we're going to get into a second when I read you, but mm -hmm. also your metabolism, insulin, cortisol, and of course, cardiovascular and pulmonary. And I'll tell you why in a second. What have you done in the past, um, 
Is it Manson or um, Kelly? It's Kelly. Kelly, I, I don't um, know how you have to Manson first, but anyway, go ahead. That's no worries. Um, I had a career in fundraising. I have recently, the last couple of years, done elderly care, and I just started my own business doing like a spiritual life coach. And not much is happening with it, but I'm still working on it. So I'm just wait a minute. No, wait a minute. So you're you did fundraising, which is pretty high powered. Yes, and I, got I know. I used yep. to know a, a fundraiser. She was incredible. She had like the energy of two ballistic missiles. <laughs> And then you went from, no, I'm not kidding you. She was amazing. Wow. She got millions and millions of dollars for the state of Maine. And then you went to elderly care. Yeah, do an elderly companion and helping them in their homemaking type of thing. Very big Um, different shift in energy on how you use it. Because you can't exactly go to older people with ballistic missiles. It's just not, I mean, it would be like going into the other thing would be like going into the neonatal intensive care unit like that's right who wants to give millions of dollars here i mean it's not the same thing and then you that's go from right. that to a spiritual counselor i mean i understand where you're downshifting energy but needless yep. to say do you do spiritual guidance over the web uh, that's what i just started like literally a couple of weeks ago i just created a website and i want to do it over the web or over the phone um to help people that way versus in person because of the virus of course I look at your head. I wonder if people in your family have problems with their eyes. I can't figure mm-hmm. out if it's seeing under intense glare or what that is. Mm-hmm. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. At times, I wonder whether or not your blood pressure goes up and down, up and down. I can't figure out if you feel dizzy, vertigo, or what that is. I look at your heart. I see something different with your gums. I can't figure out if you have too much bacteria in your gums. They're looser. There's a difference in your height or bone density. There's something different with your gums. I see less and less population of people in your life. I can't figure out if people have left you, you've left them, they've left you, they've died. They've died, yep. Wait a minute. So we're talking about extreme pruning. And when you have extreme pruning, sometimes roots die. And unless you plant additional trees, pruning too fast, too many people dying, it's not good. Sometimes a tree doesn't come back as hardy. That's you. Okay. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. It's like Chinese medicine deficient kidney yin. I see it's mild capacity to make antibodies against your thyroid gland. Increasing yep. your chance toward having problems with cholesterol, ironically. I look at your mm-hmm. left lung, right lung, left breast, right breast. In the past, I saw a capacity to have calcifications there around the loss of a loved one. I look at your esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. Mild weight gain associated yep. with losses and difficult yep. to lose despite food restriction. Yes. And that's because the grief and the sadness has affected initiation and motivation, making it harder for you to do aerobic exercise. And so your metabolism is doing the skid. I look at Mm -hmm. your left kidney, right kidney, bladder, uterus, left ovary, right ovary, and cervix if you still have them. I see problems with initiation, motivation, achiness, 
from, believe it or not, it's kind of like a rust disuse in your limbs. Okay. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Um, you nailed a lot of them. I have hot flashes. I tore muscle in my knee, so I've been inactive. I've had weight gain. Um, all of what you just said is <laughs> true. Do you know what you have? First of all, who died? Um, my folks, six months apart, and my aunt within that same period of time. How long ago was that? Uh, March 31st, May 25th, and last September. That was in 2020 or 2019 and 2020? Uh, it was September of 2019 and this year of 2020, March and May. Who do you live with? Myself. I, I hate it when people say that. You live alone. Oh, I live alone. I'm, my boy, my boyfriend lives here. I have a dog, but I live. It's wait a minute, wait a minute. I live alone. I wait a minute. Don't you love this? <laughs> I love it when a game plan comes together. You just fell in the rabbit hole. <laughs> I said, "Who do I live?" With? I asked you who you live with. You said, "Yes, by myself." I did. And then I said, oh, "Wait a minute. Yeah, you're laughing now because you know." Like that song by myself. I can't remember who that sang that song. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks by myself. And yeah. then I said, you can't live by yourself. That's like discharging a baby to nurse themselves. You live alone. Okay. And you didn't want to say, I feel alone because that's lonely. And you can feel lonely if you're with somebody. So then you repaired it and said, well, my boyfriend's here. Where? Yeah. If you're living alone, if he's here. He's just living. recently, he started living here. I, yes, it's just something. So, no, 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 no. So, therefore, you don't live alone. You're right. I'm sorry. You're right. I no, no, don't apologize. Alone. Don't apologize. <laughs> the point of the matter, don't laugh. It's not funny. Because he's like, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Where do you think I am? Under the couch? My point is, <laughs> it doesn't register. Oh. Right. Okay. It's not registering. Do you get it? You feel like you're living yeah. by yourself. Ah, yes. Yes. Capiche? Oh. Yep. How long has he lived with you? Two minutes? A <laughs> couple of months. Like, four months. Do you see why it's not registered? First of all, something's wrong with that relationship. Mm-hmm. Because your psyche hasn't even registered that he's there. I have squirrels that come every year and live in my roof, uh, my attic. The cats know they're there. Mm-hmm. I don't know they're there, but the cats do. Mm-hmm. I want you to hold on. Come back, okay? You come back. We're going to talk about a you a worry, anxious warrior intuitive. So you're listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. We're 
we're back and we've been talking about are you an intuitive warrior? Do you are you anxious? Do you worry? And it's because you're intuitively keyed into others. We were speaking with Kelly. Are you still there, Kelly? Are you still there, Kelly? Yes, I am. Okay, let me ask you a question. Say you're living with someone. You just, I mean, you, you said you were living by yourself, but your boyfriend just moved in. I don't yep. think you're crazy. You went from fundraising to working with the elderly, and now you're working spirituality. Mm-hmm. The thing is, is over the last year and a half, you lost more and more of your parents and your family. And it's not, it does not surprise me that you would have this problem right now. Okay. Because in many ways, your body, by having problems with cholesterol, with weight gain, with um, achiness in your body and your limbs mm-hmm. and mobility, it's like at the ripe young age of 55, you have accelerated aging. Mm. It's like all the people that died on you, uh, part of you has not gotten through the grief process. You kind okay. of approach their age psychologically. No. Almost to follow them because oh. you're grief-stricken. Yeah. So it doesn't surprise me that you wanted to be a spiritual counselor. Okay. Dying is the opposite of birth. When we come to the earth, we have a two-way ticket. We come here and we go back. And so you've kind of gotten older. And we get older, the veil between the worlds is less. And of course, you want to be a spiritual counselor. So in your attention, you're more and more intuitively connected to what's in the ethers, spiritual, than on earth. So he mm-hmm. moved in, but your attention is elsewhere. Mm. And it's a kind of attention that's like a delirium. A delirium is a change in altered sense of attention. It's like, you know, sundowning in the elderly. Yeah. 4 p.m. comes down. You're like a little confused. Where did I leave that? Um, where am I? You know what I mean? And you lose yep. track of who's in the room and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yep. yep. You're like sundowning. You've lost track of who I, Who am I? Where am I? Because you've become mm-hmm. so stricken by and disorienting. That kind of sundown is kind of disorientation. Orientation is where? who am I? Where am I? What date is it? Mm-hmm. For you not, not to be able to accurately say something that's obvious, where do you live, who do you live with, is a form of disorientation. It's because you lost orientation in your life on planet Earth because the roots, family, have slowly gone away. Mm-hmm. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yes, I do. So part of you losing roots on Earth, part of you followed them to the heavens. The result, mm. your body looks like it's aging. Mm. And wow. you kind of lost touch or distractible by who's around you, just like when I was in the hospital in the ICU and I had a surgery. Mm. I died in the OI. I, de- I died and had to be resuscitated. I didn't wow. know where I was. I didn't know who was around me either. Wow. I thought at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, 
they put up a disco ball. They pushed all the beds to the side of the wall, and they played music and ordered pizza. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't know who was around me either. I was disoriented. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Because I had died. It was awful. And in many ways, part of you died when they died. You're disoriented. How long? They died about a year and a half ago. It's a very short period of time to then have a birth of a new relationship. It doesn't surprise me that you can't be really present for that birth. We hear about families, mothers, who have the death of a child, get pregnant and give birth to another one when they're not completely over the death of the previous child. And so their new child who's just born kind of loses the benefit of their mother not being present. And so it doesn't surprise me that you don't recognize that. So this is an example of being intuitively keyed into the people who died and being intuitively detached from who's around you. That's a form of mysticism, and there's a huge connection to the intuition. We'll go to the next caller. We'll go to Dawn 60. How can I be of help? Hi, Dr. Mona Lisa. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling with some things. I'm highly intuitive, empathic, and I'm living with a partner, which I thought was a, a great relationship for me in many respects, and it is. But I have found that I have slowly been... Um, I thought these were issues that I had dealt with. I've slowly let me, been. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what I see, Dawn. You're 60, right? You'll sound like you're 40. Oh, I feel like I'm. If you saw me, you would think I was 35. Okay. Okay. I good. feel older now since I got. Oh, I had COVID. I'm, okay, Dawn. Um, you're not supposed to tell me anything. The first thing I see. Okay, sorry. Is that there's somebody in your life who's a great relationship, is a wonderful person, but something has died between you and them. Yes. Don't say. Don't I don't say know anything. how to fix it. I don't. Wait a minute. Well, you can't exactly. Every once in a while, a cat bring in a mouse. They play with it a lot, and then I realize it's there on the the rug, and I try to bring it back to life, and I can't. It's dead. I feel terrible. That's it. You feel terrible. And this person has no idea. They're a nice person. They have no idea it's dead. And that's the cat flipping the mouse up in the air. They have no idea it's dead. So they're relating with you or playing with you as if your relationship's still alive. And you have your sights in somebody else. I see you've been... That relationship is trailing you in three different direct, two different directions. Which is the one I'm in? No, the other one. There's another person I... in your life that has kind of messed this up, somebody else. And for that, you have, you're twisted. I don't even know who that is. So I'm completely Let me ask lost. You a question. Wait a minute. What was the event that happened? that you began to realize that your relationship was dying? Has to do with her children and um, her not having boundaries 
around her children. You're trying to have a relationship, and her children are standing in the way. Children, ex-husband, um, friend, a friend. So this is the key. And these are adult yeah. children, I 27 I and 31. I don't care if they're in utero. This is the problem. They, she no longer is appealing to you. You no longer are attracted to her. And then the other people now look attracted to you. Do you understand? I think I understand. I'm not sure I want to hear that, but I think I understand. I understand that you don't want to hear it. That's going to be the category of too bad, because the point of the matter is when we don't want to hear something, it still goes underneath the surface and something happens by accident. We have accidents. Do you understand? I think so. Well, let me say it in plain English. If you don't tell this individual, this woman, that your relationship is dead, for whatever reason, you can blame it on her kids, you can blame it on anything. It really doesn't matter now, the cause. Dead is dead. Do you know what I mean? Yep. After a while, it doesn't matter why someone's dead. They've died, and you can't bring it back to life. If this relationship is dead, and it sounds like it's final for you, then it doesn't matter. Blaming her kids for it is not going to help. But if you wait and you prolong this event, and you make it about a vendetta about blaming your kids or blaming this, it's going to make it easier for you when you by accident, on purpose or by accident, have an event where you have a relationship with somebody else. I, I got it. I got it. And I'm not a, I'm not a vindictive person, so I don't see that no, happening. You're not, I didn't say it. I know you don't see it happening, but those are kinds of things that happen. They just yes, kind of I know. happen. I know. Has that ever happened to you before? It has. <laughs> Jesus, mother of God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. It, but it you, know, you didn't do it. You didn't do it to get back at someone. It just kind of happened, right? And the reason why it kind of happened is you didn't tell someone, this is over, put a period on the end of the sentence, and move on. So what you're doing really, is you're... I'm not really sure this is completely over. You I, are. I, I... Yes, you are. You recognize it. If it has feathers, it quacks. It's a duck. <laughs> and it's a dead duck. The point of the matter is you recognize when I described it. Now you're saying, I'm not sure. The point of the matter is if you don't tell her, accidentally you're going to have another affair like it happened in the past, and then it goes into, well, you know, it ended because of your kids. When really, it's just dead for whatever reason is now. It's dead. And you call the, you call the game. In the end, you don't claim responsibility for whatever happened. In a way, her kids are angels for you. You have no idea whether a better relationship for both of you is waiting on the other side. Do you? No. You don't. So therefore, you can't blame her kids. No, I'm not really blaming her kids. I'm just saying that that's been the interview. Let me go. I know, I know that's, that was at the scene of the crime, but you can't blame them. I look at your head. I see pressure in your head area. I see problems with blood vessels. I can't figure out if your blood vessels 
get tight, loose, tight, loose. I wonder if you have a pressure in your head. I wonder if people in your family have vascular issues, problems with blood vessels in their head. I look at your neck. I look at your thyroid. I wonder if your eyes seem dry yep. and red. Something with your eyes. In Chinese medicine, they call this liver meridian. It affects yes, blood, pressure, yes. blood pressure, blood vessels, and eyes, and headaches. I look at your neck, I look at your thyroid, I look at your heart. I wonder if your heart rate goes up. I wonder if your blood pressure goes up. I look at your esophagus, stomach, liver, gallbladder, colon, and rectal areas. I look at your left kidney, right kidney, bladder. I see jitteriness, problems with falling asleep and staying asleep. Can you please tell me your health concerns? Uh, yeah, uh, jitteriness, I do have that. I do occasionally have headaches. Didn't notice any pressure in my head, really. Um, maybe a little bit more since I had the COVID thing. Um, mostly my health concerns are weight that I can't seem to let go, and I've never had a problem with that in my life except maybe the last couple of years. It's gotten really rough. And it's not, you wouldn't call me fat. I gain weight like Jessica Rabbit. How tall are you? Five seven. How much do you weigh? 140 pounds. Enough with the weight. <laughs> no, I need to be about 10 pounds thinner. Can My clothes are too you? tight. Oh, wait, I don't wait, care about the weight. I, you know what? I don't know if you have uh, clothes for someone who's 5'3". The point is, is 7, 14, 21, 28, 35. 135 by the Metropolitan Life Tables. That means, theoretically, you should only be, if you're fine-boned or you're like a dragonfly... <laughs> Maybe 135 pounds. The point I know, fine bone, who cares? The point of the matter is, what are the health problems of your parents? Uh, parents. Um, problems I don't have. Oh, no, I have cholesterol. Cholesterol's a lie. Right, so you're a blood vessel um, problem person. And cholesterol, and what kind of problems with their blood vessels with cholesterol? Um, I don't um, Mine or my dad died from a stroke, I think. And That's what attack. I meant by, wait a minute. Blood vessels in the head. Did you hear what I was saying then? Yes, Blood yes, vessels yes. In the head? Listen, make sure you follow your blood pressure. My blood pressure is low, 100 over 60, 100 over care. 70. I don't okay. care. You have cholesterol issues. Yes. You, you're all about fourth center passion, and you're frustrated. What kind of passion? You're all about passion and frustrated passion. You cannot be a caged person, passion-wise. You're going to have to get out of this relationship. Okay. If you keep fooling around, the pressure is going to build up, and it's not going to be pretty. Think about how your father was trapped and look alive. Are you following me? <laughs> yes, yes. He was alone, but yes. No, no. He was alone? Yes, when he died. Yes. Why? I don't know. My, my, I have a sperm donor and an incubator. Those are my parents. My grandparents raised me. They've been dead for years. My parents are just people I know. Okay, listen. Of. So don't hang out with this lady, because she, like Velcro, because she's like a mother you never had. Do you get it? Yeah. Yeah. I get it. 
find true partnership because you don't want to be alone like your father. Okay. All right. Get I call, really called to ask you about that and work, but I, I will call you and have you do a private reading for me. Good, but you understand this is blood vessels. You're all heart and you're in heat. I'm all heart and I'm in heat. Does that make sense? <laughs> no, I have shut that off. Yes, I have shut that no. off. No. Yeah, well, the heat is in your blood vessels and that's liver, heart, fire rising. Got it? Got it. I hear you. You know, Ellen DeGeneres did this whole stand-up routine about cats when they go in heat and when they, they go foxy out. It's just hilarious. You might want to listen to that. <laughs> okay? Okay. <laughs> Get yourself in the mood. <laughs> Jesus, mother. Okay? You take it easy. Okay. We'll go to line Thanks. two. Nope, not a problem. Oh, that ended because that woman ran away. She was terrified. Line five. Joan, I'm Dr. Mona Lisa. How can I be of help? Hi, thank you. Um, I had acupuncture for a year, and I'm still doing Chinese herbs for extreme night sweats and overheating in general. But I'm still waking up about 5, 5.30 a.m., sweating profusely. And, uh, yeah, I'm not sure what to do anymore because in the past I was told I had excess estrogen, and then a recent doctor told me my estrogen was low. First of all, there are several places for estrogen. I look at your life. I see you have trapped intuition. And you feel alone and important in your life. Important crossroads in your life. It feels like you were at the end of a rope in a relationship. And you feel alone. There's a relationship in your life where the person has an authority over you. And you're stuck. What was the last relationship you were in? A romantic relationship or any relationship? Romantic relationship. Uh, it's been years. I don't even really remember, to be what honest. Was what was the person like? Um... They had a lot of problems. They had a lot of problems. Yeah. Would you say you're alone at an important crossroads in your life? Oh, definitely. Especially with COVID, yeah. But you were alone before COVID. Yes. And you're frozen in the relationship area of your life. And that's hormones. Yeah. You need to reevaluate that whole region, second center. Because I'm not saying go out to a nightclub and have, <laughs> and have beverages through a face mask with a flip thing, a flip shock. <laughs> I am simply saying, see, I got you to laugh. Isn't that good? I am simply saying that your hormones are going up and down, hop, hop and down. And it's almost like your intuition, connection with relationships died. And with that, you get a chance to reevaluate it with aging. Do you understand? Yes. 
And in many ways, you have what I would call post-traumatic relationship disorder. Maybe your connection with him is that you were the person who worried about his life because you said he had a lot of problems. Yeah. And that being an intuitive warrior for him, that's not a partnership. That's a group home. <laughs> yeah. Do you understand? Yes. So therefore, that wasn't a relationship. So you don't have to worry about that. You need to find how to have one then. You were running a group home. There's nothing wrong with that. You were trying to help that person. That's what intuitive warriors do. They fight for someone and help them live their life and have potential. That's great. That's a rehabilitative relationship. Do you understand? Oh, I get it perfectly. I want you yeah, to look, talk yeah. to someone. I'm not saying you have to have a relationship to be happy. But I think that you equated those two things. And you can't. And that's why I think this place is hard for you to do because you've closed down your heart and your hormones. And blow, even though they both began with the letter H, they're not the same thing. Do you get it? Yeah, I think so, hot yeah. Flash, hot flashes are both hormones, but they're blood vessels. And blood vessels are heart, emotions, and passion. And hormones are pelvis. And you have both. You're having a, vas- a vascular problem, heart, but, you're, but it's the tail end of hormones. So you have to see how that situation had nothing to do with a relationship. And then find out how you can find peace with that and explore what in what way you may be open to a variety of different kinds of relationships. Do you get it? Yeah, my, I'm totally aware of all this. My biggest challenge right now... No, 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 I want you to understand. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Insight is associated with a change in behavior. Uh-huh. You may be aware of it, but at night especially, our bodies talk to us. Anxiety goes to our body via the adrenal glands. Adrenal glands produce epinephrine, which rev up autonomic nervous system, open up blood vessels going open, close, open, close, open, close, night sweats, open, close, open, close. And the way your body feels, it has a heaviness, a feeling of being weighted down, that it worries me about you taking bioidentical hormones. Because hormones can come from a variety of areas of our body. They can be dumped into our circulation, blood, saliva, and urine, the ovaries. But they can come from body fat. And it feels like you have tissue estrogen and progesterone that doesn't show up in those tests. And that if you took bioidentical progesterone and estrogen, it may to some degree help your night sweats, but not a terrific amount. You might consider serotonin or something with GABA. And GABA, like alcohol or clonopin or something like that, may help a little bit, but it's addictive and you can't take a lot of it. So your night sweats aren't just about estrogen and progesterone. They're about serotonin, which is mood and relationship, and GABA, which is about anxiety. Do you understand? 
It's not just a hormonal yeah. event. It's yeah, I, I did, yeah, I do take some GABA and I take some HTP, but um, apparently it's not the right dose. Right. But also, you don't have vitamin P. Do you have enough vitamin P? Does that stand for people? That's it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, this is my challenge. With I, I do, I've worked so hard on this, but with COVID, it's really hard to you, get more hey, listen, people in my life. Everybody blames COVID. COVID, COVID, COVID. But everybody would be dying of hot flashes and cold sweats. I live alone. I don't have cold sweats or night flashes or whatever you call them. And I'm 60. You and I are the same. You have to find, you have to be cagey. You're going to <laughs> develop. No, you are. That's the quote that guy on Jurassic Park, nature will find a way. The ways of having relatedness. Do you understand? Once again, I'm not saying go to a, wear a face shield and go to a bar and drink beverages out the side. I didn't say that. There's ways of having relatedness, but you are not a relationship person even before COVID. You're using it as an excuse. Do you understand? Yeah. You've had social anxiety and nervousness your whole life. Do you get it? Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Thank you. So that makes it harder for you to compensate. I want you to go on the web and look up someone who does mindfulness Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, DBT, and ask some skills on how to help you with your social anxiety. It'll help your brain and body help the GABA and serotonin you're taking work. Good luck. I want to thank you for okay. watching. Okay, thank you. You've been listening to Healthy Living Intuitively with Dr. Mona Lisa. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hello, I'm Dr. Stephen Farber, and I am an author, teacher, psychotherapist, and shamanic practitioner. On my podcast, Healing for Your Soul, I welcome some amazing guests and introduce you to some healing techniques like earth magic, working with nature and animals, and really getting to the heart of what is keeping you stuck. I want to help you deepen your spirituality and let go of blocks that are holding you back. Let me help you in this journey called life. Part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network. Subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss an episode.